0: Hi, I'm Sarah, the mom of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm Claire, the mom of an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Da-da-da! da da da-da. We are welcoming Leah Harper from Preemie Mom Camp here in just a little bit. Um, We'll chat with her about her site and her experience with preemies um, before she gets here. Claire, what's going on with you this week?
1: This week, pretty chill week. Um, Tomorrow, I'm getting to experience Kids' (gasps) Bop. Live. Wow. In July, in an outdoor amphitheater. No. Because I'm that kind of mom which is outside yeah so um people who listen to our (laughs) uh gifting episode of i think we're talking about birthday parties and good gifts i mentioned experiential gifts are wonderful and and this is me testing it in practice because theoretically they're wonderful. in
0: practice I'm
1: going to kids bop on a Sunday afternoon <laughs>
0: outside I had no idea it was outside What know, madness whale. is that? yeah yeah it's a hundred or it was 107 yesterday I don't know I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna be quite as to hot a today a little bit cooler. Um my
1: goodness. Um, but I will report back. We will have our sun shade, our gear on. We'll have our little USB fans, which wow. um, are a camping must if you guys haven't discovered these yet. Yes. And, and obviously for outdoor concerts as well.
0: Yeah. So, wish me luck. <laughs> so, is this something that he – so, they sing, like, popular music. But yes. It is top 40 friendly... music.
1: Kids are singing it.
0: Okay. That's
1: – our kids go bananas about it because it's like they're seeing themselves, right? So, these this is like if you picture, and um, what was that like Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, like the, the Mickey Mouse yes. Club uh-huh. situation? Okay. It, these are pro kids kids who can sing, who can dance, who will go on to do great things, but right now they're 9, 10, 11, and they're singing Kids Bop and they're on tour and they're going wow. around singing popular songs and then what they do is it's not just that the kids are singing it but they also of course edit out things that seem not just cuss words Mm -hmm. because that's obvious Mm -hmm. but also like some innuendo or things that mean a thing they'll substitute like um like what what, um i was going to school like (laughs) instead of like, like sex by the ocean might be fun by the ocean or what it's not what is it called it's it's Cake by the ocean. I don't, whatever.
0: (laughs) I know it's on your mind today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. They'll take something that means a thing and then plug it in with, like, you know, cats in your kitchen or something
0: like that (laughs) to make it nice and G rated. Apparently, this is not a thing in my house. So, does he know the, like, does he know the names of the people in the, like is it like no. the Mickey Mouse club where it's like oh here's Britney she's no. my favorite. It's not or no it's it's, just,
1: it's a it's a machine so they just churn out these kids. Okay. And the minute somebody i guess gets like too old or their voice changes they like get instantly replaced like oh my God. <laughs> but no it's not they don't make a thing of the kid. It's kind of like pussycat
0: dolls like you couldn't okay. have named any of the dolls right. really it's okay. like that. Wow. Sorry. Oh, whoop, whoop. this is going to be fun to talk oh, about. What <laughs> and is one way so miserable? Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I mean just the the whole outdoor component is is I know. makes it's, it miserable. It, it would be worst. fine, yeah, probably if it were not outdoors. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Mm-hmm. And I bet they don't serve alcohol. No, I bet they don't. <laughs> Kids' about Can you sneak it? Can you bring a cooler? Oh, there's gotta be a way. There's gotta be. Okay, what's That's going on what, with That's what the like cans of wine are fork There, yes. they do they check your bag at the entrance? I have like, no idea. okay, I'll, I'll report back. Okay, good to know. Apropos to our episode last week where we talked a lot about anxiety, I have had like some kind of insano anxiety flare up this week. So, um, I posted a little bit about this on our Instagram page. Um, I booked myself a float therapy session yesterday. Um, Have you done? You said you've done 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 one. Okay. Yeah. This was my second time. So the first time we went, uh, my husband and I went together for a couple's float. Okay.
1: Pause because for people who have not floated, okay. You should say what a float is. Yes.
0: Good, good call. So you go into this, you know, go into a room and it's very relaxing and you like go and walk into this space with like lavender and all this other stuff, but you basically get in a pod, which I think, it reminds me of like a a tanning bed from like, you know, back in the nineties or whenever I used to get in a tanning bed, but bigger because it's filled with water and it's this high salt water, it's Epsom salt. And so you just float, and then everything's dark. So it's basically like a sensory deprivation tank. So this time I was in the pod. When my husband and I went, it was a larger open room with the tank in it. I, I definitely, I think I might get a membership. I really like it. It helps with some just random pain that I have. And you just get this kind of chill it helps with pain because it takes all the pressure off yeah, your joints. You're it does. floating the, the high
1: salinity mm-hmm. of the water. I mean it just it's like it's the closest thing to sort of being in a
0: weightless, weightless like, state. Yeah. I think, right? And I I went for an hour and I, you know it takes me like a good 30 minutes to like calm my brain down once I get in there and just kind of get into that zen headspace. So I, I I was thinking about next time. I think if you, if you do have a membership, you can add time on past an hour. It might be good to stay in a little bit longer or, and that's what I'm always like, is it, it maybe the time I was, I'm losing time because you're just sort of in there zoned out. Cause I always feel like just as I'm kind of zoning out, it's time to get out. But this, this time was definitely better. So when, when my husband and I went, I, it was in the winter and I, I guess I have sensitive skin. I got really itchy and I like couldn't get out fast enough at the end. But yeah. this time I made, made sure sure to sort of like moisturize not directly before but like for the day or two before and so I felt better about this it sounds but, amazing. and I really think that our episode last week sort of kicked me in the butt to do something about it you know figure figure out a way to help myself and take that space but I had gotten the float gift card for my birthday a couple months ago mm-hmm. and I was like this is the time to use it
1: that's how I, I we got it was a gift card that came in a basket I mm-hmm. we purchased at an auction and it, I was so glad that it did because I'm not sure it always sounded interesting. I'm not sure it was ever anything I would have like gone and just right. done on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a gift card, you're gonna use oh, it, oh yeah, and it, yeah, I agree. I think it was like in the moment I was like, why, why would, why haven't I done this right. before? You right, right. It seemed great. I so. think
0: I was thinking about getting. If you get a membership, you can then buy floats at a lower rate to gift. To I think, mm. if I'm understanding it correctly, you can. So I was like, oh, that could be a cool gift to have, give people i don't know is that weird is that a cause I don't think if, it's weird cuz what if yeah I think i'm, I'm it's like, like a massage or yeah, something yeah i right? loved it Self-care. i don't know if i would say if it, if you have claust, if you have like claustrophobic issues that might not be for you although to me once you're in the clamshell or whatever, it's, it's dark. It's completely dark. So I didn't feel closed in. I didn't realize. It's like you just sort of forget that you're in it. It didn't bother me. But uh, I really enjoyed it. However, I will say I then had to go pick kids up from camp. Get, I had to go run some errands and do some stuff. And that was a bad move on my part. I did it over lunch. And I was just in this weird, like zombie state for the rest of the day, which is great if you just get to go home and like zone out and go to bed. But when you have to go like do things afterwards, it was not.
1: I had a massage therapist give me this advice and I pretty much have stuck to it, which is to just always be the last appointment of the day. Mm -hmm. Go get your massage, do your thing, go home have a glass of wine and go to bed. Like, yeah, And and that's just like how to get the most mm-hmm. out of it. I assume the same would hold true.
0: I agree. Well, and I think your body kind of detoxes a little bit because you do, absorb, you absorb the magnesium from the Epsom salt and that's mm-hmm. supposed to alleviate stress. And, and I also take magnesium, magnesium supplements to help with sleep and anxiety issues. And so I was like, did I get too much magnesium? <laughs> like what's happening? I feel <laughs> weird. I yeah. Level? I was drinking so much water and i think i was like flushing it all out. so again, i'm running errands and i'm i have to pee like every 10 minutes right now. i was i was flushing out some toxins for sure. oh my but goodness. but it was a yeah, a weird call to do it in the middle of the day. i think next time i'll definitely make sure i don't have to Plan go run a bunch it. of errands afterwards cuz that was not cool. but
1: okay. today's guest is <laughs> Leah Harper with Preemie Mom Camp, and so we're excited to have her on. Mm-hmm. She's the mom of two. Spoiler alert, healthy, healthy <laughs> girls. So, um, but, but has, it has not been an easy road for her. Mm-hmm. So I think um, hopefully a lot of listeners will relate either mm-hmm. because they had a, a, an ex- a similar experience or just because we're all humans and we have more, more similarities and differences. So we'll be back. We'll be back.
0: All right. Here we are with our guest today, Leah Harper from Preemie Mom Camp. Hi, Leah.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. We wanted to have Leah on to tell us a little bit about your blog and the kind of community you formed with Preemie Mom Camp and just give us our own, your own preemie, preemie experience. I know Claire's kids were a little bit early. Um, so she's probably going to be able to relate to that a little better than I can. Introduce yourself. Tell us about The site and what you do, and
2: sure. Um, well, I live here in Tulsa. I've got two daughters one is eight and one is three. Um, They were both premature, Um, and then I had another baby that was born um, premature at 20 weeks. And so, with three babies being born early Mm -hmm. um, and kind of at at different levels of early, um, it gave me just a really different kind of mom experience, Um, and one that made it hard to relate to friends um, and family, frankly, that had full-term babies. And so um, that was really the origin for Premium Mom Camp. I'm happy to share. My girls are so healthy today, going into third grade, and like just rambunctious and crazy as ever. Um, But yeah, part of that's because of of them being born later in prematurity, like 32 weeks and 31 weeks. It's Mm -hmm. not nothing. Um, they were three pounds each when they wow, were born. Wow. Um, was not able to hold them, was not able to take them home for eight weeks. Um, so, definitely a different kind of motherhood experience.
0: Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit. So, you work full time in mm-hmm. PR here in town. And so, you do Premium Mom Camp, just a side yeah. p- passion project, or however you uh, like to think yeah. of it, just to sort of provide that community. So, you have a blog, and I know you have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. And what kind of things do you blog about? Do you talk about, I know you tell stories of different moms and just kind of get tips and.
2: Yeah, so um, just to kind of go back to where the blog came from, I'm sure like a lot of your listeners, and probably both of you too, I had a little bit of like a baby fog. Like after you have those kids, they totally. like literally suck the life out of yes. you. Yes. And so for me, it took about two years to feel like back in my body. And like Mm -hmm. I had interests and they, you know, didn't need me every single second. And, um, as you mentioned, Sarah, um, I have been in public relations for a long time and I enjoy storytelling and writing and was just kind of feeling that need to be creative in that way again. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I read a book that was talking about how your calling is where your life experiences meet your passion. And this just light bulb went off of like, holy cow, I've had three premature babies Mm -hmm. and I like to write. And a challenge that I ran into Mm -hmm. when I was in a hospital bed recovering was looking online for positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we use social media now as like a Google. And so I was looking on Pinterest and on Instagram for like Hashtag 32 weaker, hashtag premium mom, and all the pictures that were coming back and the posts that were coming back were tiny babies with cords. Yeah. And I had that. I knew mm-hmm. what that was like. I needed to see, like, what is the outcomes next? Right. And so when I kind of started coming out of that fog that second time and thought, well, maybe I could start something like that. There were um, starting to be more social accounts where people wanted to tell their personal stories, you know, like pop pictures up of your day. But there wasn't content, if you will, where I could go find like tips on navigating Nikki life and Mm -hmm. um, it really coming from a a mom and not necessarily like a nonprofit or something that felt really medical. So that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought maybe a good way to do that would just be to talk to premium moms. So I started, um, well, naming anything is sort of weird, right? Right. Oh, hello. It took us months. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I've always joked that um, you deserve like a merit badge for being a premium mom. Like you learn how to do all these weird things. Um, like how to change diapers around cords and Mm. like maybe you're feeding your baby um, with like a q-tip at first just like anything to like introduce milk to them and just these bizarre things that are not in the pregnancy books Um, so premium mom camp kind of came to me as a way to be playful with um kind of that camping theme and how we're kind of all in this club together Um, so that's where the name came from. And then really started with weekly interviews with preemie moms. Um, maybe they had really positive outcomes like me and their girls are, or girls, their kids are healthy today, right. but you know, that's not always the case. Um, depending on how early a baby is or the degree of their health kind of needs, mm-hmm. they might come home on feeding tubes. They might come home on oxygen. They might have, you know, physical impairments for years. And we've talked to some moms like that too, and I've gotten such good feedback of people saying, thank you, because I felt really lonely, Mm -hmm. which seems weird now. Like social media, we're Mm -hmm. kind of all connected. Um, but you're, but you're there
0: in it by yourself and you are may or may not have a friend that, you know, that has gone through something like that. Absolutely. So
1: let's, let's start at the beginning for, for listeners and for myself Mm -hmm. who don't necessarily even fully understand the terminology. So what, is, the, is there a, a point at which a baby is considered preemie versus just early? Like, wh- like yeah. where is that?
2: Great question. Delineate? So, of course, like full gestations, 40 weeks. Um, babies born earlier than 38 weeks are considered premature because babies are continuing to develop right up until, mm-hmm. you know, delivery. Um, after 38 weeks, they're kind of just getting chubby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, organs are working all the, you know, as long as everything else is okay. Um, they're going to turn out great. But even at, you know, 36, 37 weeks, sometimes babies have to stay for a couple days um, just to be monitored. Um, One of the last things to develop is um, lung capacity. And when babies are born, of course, they take that big breath and cry. Um, Premature babies don't have the surfactant and that lubricant in their lungs developed yet to, to cry and take those big deep breaths. And so that's usually one of the things that they're watching and monitoring. So, um, for me, I mean, babies are born premature for different reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it can be mom's health. Um, if mom is, um, maybe has gestational diabetes, mm-hmm. um, some high blood pressure for other reasons, um, uh, even being a little overweight or older. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that, you know, these are things that impact our babies, but, yeah. um, I mean, frankly, that can increase the chance of being premature even like your um, genetics mm-hmm. you know if you had any prematurity in your family me and my husband were married not quite a year when we found out I was pregnant mm-hmm. which you're like we were gonna <laughs> do all these things yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh um, okay the yeah, plan. Yeah, right? yeah but we were really excited <laughs> sure. and um kind of started the normal um appointments like you do and I don't know first time mom like you see this little picture on a screen and everything seems okay right. um but starting in about 16 weeks, the doctors would say, now when was your due date again? Or tell me, um, how, like, how have you been feeling? Everything been okay? I'm like, yeah, it's been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of putting together questions that that friends who had, had babies had had, like, oh, are you feeling the baby move? Are you feeling the baby, you know,
1: wiggle? Mm-hmm. Like guess you know i just didn't yeah. know oh right? man first time momming like, like no, we're all in a fog. oh like, yeah. nobody knows what to expect no, you're just kind of so you're just taking those inputs yeah. and trying to figure out i don't know is that my experience mm-hmm. is that what i'm feeling mm-hmm. yeah
2: absolutely so um it was at about that 16 18 week time where they realized that the baby had some growth restrictions and trying to learn like why is it is it going to catch up is this just kind of a fluke thing and I got to say like about 19 weeks, um, I was feeling tired, having headaches, um, mm-hmm. even seeing some stars, um, which again, like, I don't, I didn't know what was wrong. Right. Um, I don't know if you two were checking your blood pressure, but that's nothing anybody told me to do. No. Um, but over a weekend we had some family and friends over and a couple of people said like, you need, look like you need a rest, like, you know, take it easy. And. And I just felt fat and hot. And it was summertime. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I gained 12 pounds over that weekend. And that was something oh. that I knew was not right. No, Over a weekend? Uh, wow. Over like a three-day period, wow. I gained 12 pounds. Okay. And um, that was edema setting in. And so that is swelling um, in your body. That's your body already um,
1: fluid, right? Yes. Yes.
2: And so um, that was preeclampsia and really classic 20 week preeclampsia where I had um, high blood pressure. I had protein in urine, edema, um, and basically my body was starting to shut down. And so I went in kind of midweek to my OBGYN and said, I'm just not feeling good. Like, maybe we should check out the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, They took my blood pressure, and I don't even like remember what they said it was, but they um, said, We need to call your husband. You're not leaving. Um, started taking my purse out of my hand and my phone away from me. And I'm like, no, I have to be back at work in, like, 25 minutes. <laughs> I got and things I, to do. Um, yeah. generally, I didn't really realize how sick I was. Mm-hmm. And um, they had to just calmly tell me the baby's being delivered today. And I'm thinking, like, we don't have a name. Like, we haven't yeah. shopped. Like, we haven't really done much yet. And, you know, she had to just very kindly tell me, like, 20 weeks, this baby's not viable. Right. He's not going to survive. and And if we
1: don't deliver it you won't
2: exactly exactly so that's really the only way to cure if you will Mm -hmm. preeclampsia is delivering the baby so people um, develop it later in pregnancy you know 36 weeks Mm -hmm. 38 weeks and and baby's in a safer spot but um, unfortunately we did lose that baby Um, and because of that they knew they were going to need to monitor me more going forward Mm -hmm. um and it really just um set a bad taste in my mouth about motherhood right and like how do I relate um, to people and uh, how about all these people that I've told and that are excited for me? And so it's really made me more sensitive to kind of baby like infant loss. right? And even people that have miscarriages to an extent, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't completely relate to that, but um, just being careful what you say and, and how do you support them? How do you be there for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the number one thing people have asked me is like, what can I do for my friend? Like, I know they're going in right now. They're at 28 weeks. They're at 26 weeks. And that was another really important thing for me to share on the blog right. it was, like, how to be there for okay? Yeah,
0: because that's what – I mean, I don't know, you know, what – do you, do you want visitors at the hospital? Do you need help with, you know, something else, sort of? So mm-hmm. what would you say are tips for... Um, what do you tell people yeah. in your log when they
2: ask? So, of course, you know, infant loss is probably a little bit different than a premature babies. Right. Because when, when a baby's here, your instinct is to want to bring gifts. Like, oh, well, I was going to attend their shower. That's the thing. My babies were born before...
0: You could even have showers <laughs> Never had right. a baby shower oh my um, god you know later
2: people yeah. had parties for my girls but um your instinct is to want to bring things for the baby and especially the first couple days to even the first couple weeks those are really sensitive times mm-hmm. and we don't always know what the outcomes of those babies are gonna be right so I would recommend if you want to do something do something for the parents mm-hmm. um you know maybe um bring them some gift cards or send a gift up for mom um, one of my friends did the sweetest thing she didn't even like want to come to my room interrupt me that she sent um, a real fluffy blanket and socks and nice. sort of things to make my hospital stay more comfortable, which was so nice. right um, So I think especially in those early days, thinking of what you can do for the parents mm-hmm. and and I'm trying to get better at this. You're, the, even... you're in the
0: hospital too. It's not right. just the baby. So. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But, um, you know, personally, I'm trying not to say, tell me what you need. Just let me know. Like yes. if you need anything, let me know. Just do something. I've right. heard this
1: too. Just in general, anytime an, uh, somebody's going through anything hard. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, have a bias for action, whatever that looks like for you, whether Mm -hmm. it's dropping off a gift card to Mm -hmm. Grubhub, whether it's just sending flowers, just whatever, Mm -hmm. like don't put it on the person who's going through the thing to be able to articulate and plan and Mm -hmm. You know, say, here's all the things that I'm going to need mm-hmm. for the next week because, the, you know, depending on what's happening, their headspace.
0: or Because you're not going to ask. I whatever. really want a fluffy blanket, but <laughs> I bet it sure made things nice, you know. Well, so. and
2: depending on health of mom, you know, because I, um, on top of the preeclampsia, I had Help Syndrome three times. And so okay. that's kind of like an elevated level of, of preeclampsia. Um, your liver enzymes are um, crashing, your bloat, your blood platelets are low. Um, it's really like starting to have some organ shut down okay. and it can even escalate into seizures if it's not controlled. And so they've got you on all this medicine to kind of regulate all these things and you're just feeling sort of foggy. Right. Um, That's what I was,
0: how, what does that feel like? It's, does your body it's, hurt? It's, are you just,
2: you know, what's so funny. I don't, I don't ever remember being as sick as people told me. Right. Um, it's hard to hear. I mm-hmm. mean, hard to hear it. You can't feel high blood pressure necessarily unless you're getting some of those secondary symptoms like seeing yeah. stars. Or, right. Um, so I felt okay, but the medication definitely made me feel foggy. Mm-hmm. And in the hospital, I mean, even just having a traditional birth, like they want you to like make so many decisions mm-hmm. and sign this paper. And mm-hmm. what do you want to do about this? And I remember all those things feeling really hard. And then you've sort of got like your partner who's helping make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And so it's a hard time for them too. Right. So to your point, Claire, to just do mm-hmm. something proactive. Or another thing someone suggested that I love is go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, you know, meet them because um once mom's been discharged you know, that baby's probably going to have to stay for a while. My girls stayed for about seven or eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And so that was me going back and forth two and three times a day to hold them, take them milk, maybe try to breastfeed later on. Um, so like having someone offer to give me a ride was always awesome. Um, because, um, a second time or third, third baby, I had a C-section, so I couldn't even drive for two weeks. And that's two weeks of me relying on other people, Mm -hmm. um, to get to the hospital. So rides were treasured. um, And just people saying, can I come meet you for coffee? Um, Can I come bring you a snack?
0: That was so
2: kind Mm -hmm. and not something that I've thought to do for other people. And I'm really going to try to proactively do that. Absolutely.
1: So after that first experience, Leah, um, listeners have, we've shared that, you know, you have two healthy, healthy girls now, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful, but, um, two more preemie babies after that first experience. So I'm really curious as somebody who hasn't been through that kind of loss, Mm -hmm. what, what kind of discussions or was it a discussion of, do we want to try this again? Mm -hmm. Or was it, Just something you and, you and your husband knew together. Like, okay, that, that was that experience, but we know we want to, to try again for a a biological child. Mm -hmm. Like, what were, how, first of all, my question is, how long did you wait before you were having those discussions? Or did it, was it something that naturally happened pretty soon? And then also, like, what were some of the considerations that you both both had. In that
2: moment. That's a great question because, you know, not only did we have this loss and so you're sort of scarred in that way mm-hmm. of like, do I want to put myself through this again? Right. Um, but we knew that my health was one of the reasons, um, that things were complicated. And so also do I want to put my body through that? Again? Right. And so it definitely took a couple of years. Um, it was two full years before mm-hmm. we were even, considering it. And like I shared, like we hadn't been newlyweds very long, right. right? So kind of balancing, like getting to know each other as this unit. And now we've gone through this sort of life, wow. you know, that's a lot to go through within situation. a year or two
0: of marriage. So,
2: mm-hmm. um, I think we just needed that time, um, for a couple of reasons, but, um, they did do, uh, it was pretty classic 20 week, um, preeclampsia. It's, it's more likely to happen in a first pregnancy. It's going to happen after 20 weeks. Um, And they're doing a lot of research on preeclampsia, but they think it's an issue with the placenta. And so as baby develops more and needs more from mom, um, if you've got any kind of like sickness, if you will, to the placenta, your body's like treating the baby like a foreign being and it's self-preservation. And so your body starts getting sick and reacting to this you know, thing that you're growing. Right. And so um, they did a full panel of blood tests to kind of see if there was anything genetic, anything that would be unusual. And they did find um, this one genetic um, mutation called MTFHR. MTFHR. Have to look it up, right? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a really long scientific word that basically said my body doesn't um, digest folate appropriately, and hmm. some really key nutrients that moms need. Mm. Um, and so they knew what they could do for me was amp up um, prenatal vitamins, mm-hmm. prescription strength prenatal vitamins. Um, I took baby aspirin to help keep blood pressure down. Okay. Um, later, I took an injectable blood pressure medicine to help mm-hmm. um, kind of keep my body, you know, all the levels kind of in check. Um, but those were all things to consider and you know my my doctor said just know that preeclampsia does um you know does damage to your liver it does damage to your organs mm-hmm. and you can recover you know our mm-hmm. bodies can like you know recover themselves um but just know that you are you know putting pressure each time But didn't give me any indication that i shouldn't try okay and so after we came kind of out of the fog of like learning more about my health and just feeling brave enough to try again um, we did everything during that pregnancy to get as far as we could.
0: Mm-hmm. So, getting
2: to 32 weeks felt pretty good. Yeah. Again, you know, st- talking to the doctor about could we even do this again? They just said, now here's two, almost like strike two. Right. You know, just know that, that there's a high likelihood. And so, then after we had my daughter that was 31 weeks. We are both, you know, just so happy with the two healthy ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just given me a really interesting perspective to talk to moms. I I can't relate to a mom who's like 42 weeks pregnant and miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I definitely am always happy to talk with. You know, moms Mm who have had premature babies or
0: friends and family. It's Mm -hmm. so fascinating what our bodies, just everyone's body is so different and how it reacts to that. And
1: I want to hear about, so I'll, I'll just share briefly my, my, (coughs) um, both my boys were born early. Um, they were at 37 and 36 weeks. So 37 weeks was, um, I had gone in for a regular ultrasound Mm -hmm. and the doctor thought he saw, well, there was something that showed up on the ultrasound that looked like an infection in the baby's kidney. So, um, he called me, it was really weird because it was a Friday and, um, he called me at like I remember coming home from work. I'd been to my appointment that day. They you go see your doctor and then he sends you down for your little ultrasound. And we, there was no reason to be scared of anything. And so I go to my ultrasound and I'm walking in the door at like maybe 445 on a Friday. And it's a call from my doctor. And he said, Hey, really, really sweet. He's like, I just, you know, all signs are that the baby is, is healthy and growing really well. He's like, but there is just, there's this, blip on his kidney that looks to me like an infection. And he's like, I just, we can't do anything about that infection mm-hmm. while he's in your body. Um, and I might be a little more on the fence, but he it was measuring like at like seven pounds or something right. big and healthy for that age. And everything was looking normal and fine. And he's like, so I feel like I want to I think we should deliver him so that we can get him on antibiotics because if we leave it there in this infection, you just don't know where that's going. And, of course, I'm sitting in in my living room by myself on the phone, shocked, not prepared to have this conversation, Mm -hmm. first-time mom. Um, And so I'm just sort of – he's like, any questions? And I'm like, no, I don't think so, you know. (laughs) And so then – He's like, okay, so we're going to need you to just, you're going to, we're going to induce, um, you know, we think we can, um, I, I want to try that so that we're not automatically going to the C-section route. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I, I have no reason to believe that this won't be an effective way to deliver him. So, um, you know, why don't you just plan to be at the hospital then at five o'clock on Sunday, enjoy your day tomorrow. <sighs> you'll come in on Sunday. We'll prep you. You'll, we'll start the induction process and we're going to have this baby on Monday. And I was just... Very, I mean, fog is the exact word I would Mm -hmm. use to describe it. My husband walks in the door and I just like verbal vomit on him about, just. I feel like I'm just like a, you know, transcription of this conversation. He has so many questions. I call my mom. She has so many questions. And I'm just like, where were you? Yeah, (laughs) Where were you on this phone call? You know what I mean? And so, but of course it's the weekend. So I'm calling Mm -hmm. back the office and it just, it's not, anyway, it was... The wildest phone call I can imagine. So he, so he was delivered um, three weeks early, and then and then my younger son um, was a different situation. It was, um, oh, by the way, Oliver was fine. All yeah. was good. He took, I think a little bit of medicine after he was born, and everything was. It was an easy, easy birth. As mm-hmm. far as any induction is easy, but it was not a complicated situation.
0: Did he have to spend any extra time at the hospital, or he, he
1: did not? No, just, we were just really, really lucky. Healthy boy came out, got his meds, passed all of his yeah. tests in the in the hospital room. So we were we were lucky. So mm-hmm. they're
2: looking for them to meet different kind of
1: mm-hmm.
2: things. And so if he was over five pounds, mm-hmm. you know, if he was able to breathe, suck, swallow like, should not be a problem to go home, you know, even at, like, 37, 36 okay. weeks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, but
2: until they can kind of do all those things that they would do mm-hmm. at full term, they'll keep them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you had a very unique experience where someone told you, yes. like, this is happening. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that pre moms really struggle with is you, you, you know, we're modern ladies. We've got mm-hmm. plans. We want that's to have, exactly like, right. our certain soundtrack playing and these people yep. in the room. And, <laughs> Having a premature baby or a baby with any kind of complications like takes the decision making
1: away from you. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah, I would agree completely. It felt like a punch, really, of just um, and we're and we're the lucky ones, right? But that was, but it felt so. Again, I didn't have anybody with me when I got that news and then luckily I've got a great support system that we're able at least to be there. I mean so so we're, we we yeah. had a checklist we're like okay we're going out to dinner we're doing this because I'm feeling great that's, yeah that's, I relate to what you're saying it's like mm-hmm. I how it was almost this weird disconnect like this baby that I'm growing is sick but I don't feel that right. I don't have a sense of that mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then I was like, should I be doing anything differently? And he's like, no, you're fine. Just, right. it, it'll be okay. You know? Well,
2: and with the first one too, you don't know what it's like to be a mom yet. Like you're right. starting to get a connection with the baby and you sort of like want to do mom things. So right. you buy certain things or do certain classes. Um, but especially with premature babies that get whisked away to a NICU mm-hmm. that you don't hold, you don't take home. I mean, I, like many other premium moms, like I went home three times without a baby. Right. And it's a super out of body, like, but, but this should be happening and it's not happening. Right. And so, um, you know, those normal things that help you bond with baby aren't there. So another thing that um, we talk a lot about in the premium mom camp community on social media and on the blog is like, what are things you can do to feel more like a real mom? And so I always tell people, um, if at all possible, try to pump. Try to pump that milk mm-hmm. because if your baby was at home, you would be feeding it, whether it was formula or breast milk or breastfeeding, you know, you would be getting up several times a night. Mm-hmm. So just do that. Get up and pump or during your days, like start introducing that in um, because that's something only you can do for your baby. Mm-hmm. There's people taking care of your baby all day long, right. which some days you're so thankful for and so grateful for um, these experts. And some days you're like, I want to be doing those things. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell mom, if you can try to pump so you can bring milk you've got that obligation you've got that connection with your baby another thing is um, the hospital has some clothes for the little babies I mean a lot of them are like two pounds and three pounds and one pound so at some point they don't need clothes Um, they're warm they're in an isolate they're being taken care of but um, once they're like three pounds there's some cute preemie clothes out there little Mm -hmm. onesies and things and um, they encourage you to bring up um, personal items for the babies and I say do that too because then you're doing laundry You're having Mm -hmm. a reason to come and go. Um, And then all the things that you thought you were going to do with your baby, reading to them, playing certain music, do that. Like go up and hold the baby and get your partner involved too. Because I think it's really easy for um, dad or whoever that partner is to say, like, no, you go. Like you have Mm -hmm. that time with the baby. Because they're small, cramped rooms. The baby seems so delicate. And sometimes I think men especially, like kind of shy away from Like, I'm going to break the baby. Right. Um, And
0: Even with a full-term baby, I think that's the case. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, um, you know, always encourage um, your partner Mm -hmm. to come up and even spend some solo time with the baby and have those bonding opportunities Mm -hmm. because, trust me, other people are going to fight to come up and see that baby. Right. You know, but.
0: So what does that look like for you for, you know, however many weeks that you said in your mm -hmm. case, six, seven weeks that Mm -hmm. the babies were in the NICU? What does a day look like? Do you how how long do you spend up there? When do you go home? Do you sleep at home? You know, just how does that work?
2: All great questions. And, you know, I'm so lucky that um, in Tulsa we've got several great NICUs Mm -hmm. and I live, you know, a 10 minute drive from one hospital and a 20 minute drive from another. Mm -hmm. And so you do see parents that are hours away from home. And so that experience is going to be totally different than what I had. Um, but I will say, um, I was in a in the hospital a week, um, each time recovering from the help syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I went home for a week and then I went back to work because I didn't want to use my maternity leave, um, while the babies were in NICU. And that took a little bit of like reasoning in my head. Um, but I decided I'd rather have that time, you know, when they could come home. And so, um, for me, what I would try to do is get up to the hospital two to three times a Mm -hmm. day, um. They have what they call touch times. So like at 9, 12, 3, and 6 is when they'll um, weigh the baby's diaper. Everything is measured. Whatever goes in, whatever comes out. Um, They're weighing the baby constantly, making sure the baby's growing. Because Babies always lose a little bit of weight after they're born and when you're starting with a 2 or 3 pound baby i mean that's so critical so um they're changing diapers they're weighing diapers they're feeding at those times so i really tried to get up there at a couple of those mm-hmm. so that i could take part in that care right um so there was bringing milk up um was really important to me and so when i went back to work for instance i would get to the hospital between like 6:30 and 7 mm-hmm. so that i could hang out with my girls for 30 45 minutes um, Go into work, um, bring milk back at lunchtime, and really try at that time to just kind of dip in and mm-hmm. out because um, it's a commitment. I mean, you've got a lot of cords depending on what baby's um, doing that day. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't handle a lot of touch time.
0: Okay. Um,
2: I couldn't hold my girls for about five days wow. after they were born um, just because they're so critical, they're so sensitive to touch and stimulation. Um, so, again, depending on how they're. Or that day, you might not get to hold them. So I would dip in at lunchtime, come do a little kiss mm-hmm. at, the, at the isolate and drop off milk. And then I would come back after work for a longer time, a couple hours usually. Okay. And that's where maybe my husband would come up and meet, meet me. And then that was the time for us to... Um, talk about our days and go to dinner together right. and kind of bond after being in a little bit of a stressful environment. But Absolutely. like anything, you kind of get the hang of it, right. you know, um, not unlike, you know, this summer, you guys have g- had new routines with summer camp Absolutely. and you sort of adapt <laughs> things in um, depending on what's going on. And we just made it part of our mm-hmm. routine. Um, you know, I felt guilty at times because I knew other moms were like, up several times with crying babies or feeding babies. And you know, I didn't have that. You know, right. I did get good rest. You know, I pumped over you about three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was getting up. But um, some days I felt guilty. Like I yeah. wasn't experiencing like the full scope right. of, of being a mom. But I just got good with, you know, my body needed to rest. Mm-hmm. It helped me be better um, for when my girls came home.
0: And when they did come home, you got all the staying up all night (laughs) at the end of things. You just had a little bit different schedule than everybody else. About
2: rules, I mean, another kind of um, odd thing is um, you have to check in and out, and so you come to the NICU, you scrub in. I mean, a very clinical, Mm -hmm. like hand scrub in. You have to sign in. You have to wear a badge that says you're a parent. So you have to check in to go see your baby, which is kind of a little. I'm glad. I mean, you're glad for the the safety and the security. But then guests, you know, Claire, you kind of asked Mm -hmm. about rules. And um, both of my girls were born during the winter. And so it was cold and flu season. Mm -hmm. And we had to limit, we had to make a list of people who were approved to see the girls. And um, those were the only people who could come. And that really irritated some people. Mm -hmm. But it was um, actually kind of a relief to say, okay, only grandparents, sorry, only grandparents can come. Um, But my, my daughter, who's now eight, was five when my three-year-old was born, mm-hmm. and she was not allowed to come visit. Aww. You know, kids were not allowed. So yeah. for eight weeks, she only saw her sister through video and photos. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, talk about surreal.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: Like, to come home and her say, like, but didn't you have a baby right. in your tummy? Like, where's the baby? Did she
0: understand at this point this is what happened? Like, she, she knew that that's the way her – beginning was as well or did i don't know five that's i don't know
2: so how far apart are your kids three and
0: a half years
1: years? Uh, minor
2: two almost three years Mm -hmm. so minor uh, almost five full years apart Mm -hmm. so it was a really interesting age where she was certainly absorbing things and hearing Mm -hmm. things i don't think she knew the full scope of like my health or the baby's health but she knew that she had to stay with grandma for several nights Mm -hmm. she knew that she couldn't come see mom she knew that baby was going to stay in the hospital i mean there were things that she knew um but once i came home you know i was mom right and that was kind of the main priority but um uh, I think you know I've talked about pumping a lot, but that was a really good practice for her sharing me. Mm-hmm. Oddly, you know, we would sit on the couch and I would you know pump while we were watching a movie or something, sure. and it bugged her. She's yeah, like, Mom, that's gross. Like, oh, the that? yeah. like, noise. Yeah, this is what mommy can do for sissy, and this is you know I'm making milk that I can take sissy, and it was kind of starting that like oh there's a, there is a being here Right. Yes. <laughs> sharing attention with <laughs> right so. For lack of her getting to go visit, mm-hmm. um, there were some things that kind of helped prepare her.
0: That's good. Mm-hmm. Now, did you also go back to work pretty quickly with uh, second baby too, or
2: I did. Um, so with my with um, my eight year old, uh, I had like a private office. I had a door that could shut. I could come. I could do things. Mm-hmm. Um, they would come check on me, like okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's waiting for me to break down. Right. Um, but I've always been able to compartmentalize things mm-hmm. going on. And I, I really got okay right. with the situation as good as I could have. Um, the second time around, I was in more like cubicle farm. You know, I had to share like a closet to pump in, and, mm-hmm. like, it was just more complicated overall. My job was a little more demanding. And so um, that – the second time around with the long NICU stay was a little tougher. right? Um, and you're so, also parenting. Right. That's Good the point.
1: other thing. You know, Good it's point. like it's th- those those evenings where before it could be fully dedicated to being at the NICU, then maybe go get something to eat, then go home and rest. It's mm-hmm. like interject five-year-olds, you know. And <laughs> so right. I think we've all and, – and, um, first and second time – you know, bringing home babies are different in a lot of different ways, but I know Sarah and I have talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, having that the first time it's like, you are my, my world. And it's complicated because I don't know what I'm doing, but we're figuring it out together. Having introducing number two, even under the best of circumstances, Mm -hmm. I feel like adds a whole layer of like just exhaustion when you're trying to balance, you know, the attention and the time and all. Of you're
2: that, totally so. right. And, you know, I, I had a very specific situation where I, you know, I was working and that's what I chose mm-hmm. to do. But there are moms that choose to spend hours up there and that's right. okay too. Um, you know, if that's what you would have done with baby and you know, you're planning to stay home and you have that flexibility, mm-hmm. I think that's great too. I think you just have to really be careful of kind of your mental Health And if that's, if you're away from baby too much and that's stressful, being aware of that, if you're with baby too much and that becomes stressful because, um, in that room, there's monitors, there's beeping, there's nurses coming in and out, there's people checking on it. It's very clinical. And, um, you get home and you don't don't realize how much you've relied on these other people and these machines to Mm -hmm. tell you your baby's okay. Um, and suddenly, like, that's your responsibility. right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I've talked to a lot of preemie moms about that transition, too, of um, being really terrified of, oh. of your baby's, like, health. Good and baby. because they've been on monitors mm-hmm. for however many mm-hmm. weeks. So that's a tough transition, too. That is. Yeah. Because I mean, I,
0: I felt that way, again, with a, 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 my, my oldest was also, like thirty-seven and a half week, that he was fine. But I, I had one of those baby monitors that has the um, the breathing thing in the bottom of the crib that yeah. goes off. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. It went <laughs> off unnecessarily. I think so many times we finally just turned it off. But yeah. you know, you I, I felt like I needed that, or I would never sleep because I would constantly be yeah. checking. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine if you've had something else telling you all night already, then.
2: Well, and so I always say, you know, whether you, your baby was one week earlier, one month earlier, in some cases, like many months early, mm-hmm. a lot of preemie moms have a common experience where like you didn't get to come home with that baby. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a contest like, oh, my baby was 25 weeks and mine was 35 weeks. Right. I don't see any of that kind of in the preemie mom community at all. It's very... Um, a lot of empathy, right. a lot of encouragement, because um, there's some days you feel really low. I mean, you mm-hmm. get two steps forward and three mm-hmm. steps back. And so being on social media, um, with PV Mom Camp in particular, has been really fun to see people comment on each other's posts and right. follow each other. Um, and then when you get to see that baby go home, like, yay, yeah, it's just cheering. a big pep rally. Yeah. Um, so it's been fun to stay connected and get to know mm-hmm. people um, through that space, which... When I had that first baby so early, we're talking like MySpace, and (laughs) because we weren't so public with our, it felt very public at the time. But we weren't nearly as public with our lives as as we can be now. Absolutely. And um, I I think that social media helped my friends and family kind of understand what we were going through Mm -hmm. better. Um, Whereas that first time, we really isolated ourselves. Right. We even had some friendships. Um, change or to get distanced because people didn't know how to treat us. right? And I think that um, as much as we sometimes complain about social media it's been a really good way to help create understanding. Absolutely. And and access even without people having to come over and hold that baby that got home like yesterday mm-hmm. and to be able to use it as a um, space to say thank you so much for your well wishes thank you for understanding that we need a little time together we look forward to seeing you in a couple of
0: weeks right you kind
2: of use it as a billboard too
0: well and i love that just even this conversation just really understanding like you you know all these little things that i mean you know, I've never experienced that. And I never now I feel like I know better what to do if someone I know is going through that, you know, just understanding what your day looks like and how that works. And because I did always sort of wonder with maternity leave, how do you know, do you extend. Do you, but I think, I think what you did was great because then when they came home from the hospital, you got to take some more time off. Yeah,
2: I did. I mean, I took a normal maternity Mm -hmm. leave, you know, after I got to come home and I I appreciate you letting me talk about the experience because one in 10 babies are born premature. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you think about like your kid's classroom right now, that means like two to three of those kids were born early to some extent. And there's a a mom that had a different kind of birth experience, Mm -hmm. um, than the mom sitting next to her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it can really kind of shape the way that you see things. And Mm -hmm. I'm still a little envious of, of baby showers and I'm still (laughs) a little envious of, you know, there are people that say, Oh, but you didn't have to feel like this. You didn't have to make it to 40 weeks and it's so uncomfortable and, I would have loved to go yeah. that far. You know and what so, else is
0: uncomfortable? Going back and forth to the NICU exactly. several times a day, so you know.
2: there's, of course, still some of that. But um, it's it's nice to get to talk about it because the more that I have talked about it, um, I hear people say, oh, my sister's baby was born premature. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my baby was born. I'm hearing more and more of that. Um, and I think people are, are um, just realizing how common it really is. Right.
0: It Yeah. It helps to just understand that because – I've I have I've been to a NICU once I think in my whole life you know so and that was how old is that kid now fifteen
1: yeah. <laughs> we had an interesting experience so I told you guys we brought Oliver home that was not a problem but um, just in, in even hearing you talk about it Leah it's bringing back just like a lot of memories because what what did happen was he ended up being readmitted oh with um, jaundice mm-hmm. so it was it was again first first time oh, mom goodness. situation. Yeah. Where um he came home, he was little, was not eating a ton, um but also my milk hadn't come in, and I don't know if that is a thing that is common with people that deliver early, but um I had the hardest time and I realize moms of all, no matter when your baby's delivered, breastfeeding can be a difficult mm-hmm. situation, but um, we went in for a checkup, and I remember leaving the hospital with him, and this is a this was a good like mom moment for me because I remember leaving the hospital and saying to the nurse that was letting us out, you know, I think my baby looks yellow. Mm -hmm. I said that to her. I said those words to her. And she was like, oh, honey, you know, a little maybe, but he's passed all his tests. It's really going to be okay. Like, it's really fine. Um, And then we went back, you know, a couple of days later, whenever they had us come into the pediatrician this time. So we were at our, who, again, first time mom. So I'd never met these people Mm -hmm. really before. I mean, I think I went gone in once before the baby was born to kind of, Make sure I scope Check it, it you know, yeah. whatever, um, you know, the website told me to do. Um, the, the parenting Here's website I was reading or whatever. Sign up here. Yep. Um, and the, the pediatrician took one look at him and said, did the, did the thing, took the, took my purse. Said we're just gonna we're just gonna walk across the street because the uh, this was at St. John's yeah. they're connected. Mm-hmm. He's like we're gonna walk over this bridge and we're we're gonna go to the hospital now. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm there by myself, like. <laughs> and so we got readmitted, and he was there for maybe three days under the lamps or whatever. Wow. And and uh, again, fine, ha- like this this ends well. Right. And, but those moments of I remember I don't think I told anybody. I mean, my husband knew, of course. I, I'm sure we called our parents. But it felt very um, – I wasn't really on social media at that point. Um, He's almost nine now. And Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, like, what am I calling to tell you? Like, you know, like I I didn't – I wasn't asking for a thing. Everyone keeps telling me it's not a big deal. You're just going to spend a few days under these lights. All of which was true. Mm -hmm. But – I think any time, like, a brand-new baby's in the hospital, oh, it's yeah. kind of a big deal. So, at <laughs> some point, you
2: have to leave
1: y- Yeah. Uh, no. Well, so I slept. So, no, he was not in, a, like, a NICU mm-hmm. situation. It was very weird to me. We were in, like, a regular old hospital room. Yeah. Um, like a pediatric thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a pediatric hospital room. And he was in his little see-through crib. He didn't have tubes on or anything, he, but he did have this oh, light. Mm-hmm. And we did have to measure everything he... So, so I wasn't allowed to breastfeed him because he, we had to know from the bottle like how oh, exactly how much yeah, he had yeah. taken in. Mm-hmm. And then they were weighing his diapers um, to see how much was going out because that's what jaundice, I guess, is. It's a ki- it's a kidney thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to push more th- fluids through to clear out this like backlog of whatever mm-hmm. is causing the jaundice. Okay. And so um, anyway, it was just a very – I remember afterwards – I was also one of the first ones of my friends to have kids. Mm-hmm. So – there was not, like, this super close person who was a mom who I could call and be like, so I just didn't. And in retrospect, it's, it's weird even talking about it to you guys because I, yeah. I have not talked about it a whole lot because it feels like this weird blip in in yeah. time where I'm like, did that even really happen? Because, you know, and then he was fine. And so, but in the moment, that's yeah. such a... I think we just all, Tasha said it last week, we just all have to check on our mom friends. Like, yeah. and nobody Absolutely. knew to do that with me, and it, that was my own fault. But that's where I think social media and some yeah. of those things can be really good. Mm-hmm. You I think know. that we
2: get more comfortable behind our little phone or keyboard to put a message out there mm-hmm. before we would maybe pick up a phone and tell a friend. Yeah, Because there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly when I lost that first baby. I was so shameful. I I didn't do anything wrong. Right. But I was one of the first of my friend group to have a baby too. And, it's like you had been talking about something and then it didn't happen. And it was a really odd experience. And, um, I didn't talk about it for a long time. It's Mm -hmm. not like people didn't know but they weren't going to bring it up. Right. How are you feeling about, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was really cathartic later to talk about prematurity and then, and then kind of reflect back and share with people that like, you know, I actually did have another baby, um, Mm -hmm. because, um, if you don't talk about the things it's it's kind of like it didn't happen right and I don't want to forget that baby I don't want to forget that that happened and I don't want to forget that learning experience of being able to better understand my body and finding out things about my body that helped me be healthier in future pregnancies right. and help me relate to more moms. And so whether it's like what Tasha shared about, um, you know, um, prenatal or postnatal like anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, um, I think it's good to talk about it, whether you Absolutely. need to post about it or tell a, a trusted friend about it, because Um, If not, you're sort of dealing with it
0: alone. Well, and I think we all probably know someone who's lost a baby, either through a miscarriage or a Mm -hmm. situation like that, and you you don't know what to say, and you don't. Do, do you ask them or not? Do you act like everything's fine or not? You know what I mean? And yeah. whether it's a friend, a close friend, or an acquaintance, it's sort of that And
2: not dance. everybody is great at this, but sort of acknowledging that that must have been hard for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get better at that, too. And, and it's honestly been this week where... <laughs> This sweet little old lady um, is a baby rocker at the NICU. I work at a hospital and I was um, kind of like checking in with the people in that department and they said, you've got to meet this woman. She was a nurse for like 50 years and she's been rocking babies for 10 and She was rocking this little baby, which brought back all the memories for me. Um, But I came to talk to her about herself, and she said, Well, tell me about you. And I said, I actually had two babies here. You know, I'm in PR, so I'm always like, bubbly, everything's positive. (laughs) And um, I said, But I actually lost a baby at 20 weeks, too. It's kind of part of my spiel now. And she put her hand on my thigh, and she said, That must have been really hard for you and your husband. And I lost it. oh I don't know that that many people have said that in that way. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you. It was hard. It was hard. But, you know, I'm just so grateful we had good care here. And then I put on my Pollyanna hat yeah. and spun it. But um, I think I want to start doing more of that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a job loss or, you know, a divorce or a sickness in a family. Like, I want to do better at saying, that must have been really hard for you. Mm-hmm. Because I think we need that kind of acknowledgement
0: Absolutely. sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Well... I appreciate you talking with us about that. Sharing so openly, I yeah. think a lot of
1: people, obviously, from just the response you've had on Pretty Mom Camp, you know, crave and want that community and the, and the the outlet to either be able to learn about other people's experiences or share their own. So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's great, and mm-hmm. I love I love your comment Mike, about this um, where your passion and your tell me what you said one more time. Your passion and your what you know how to do come together. Oh gosh, this (laughs) is this is one
2: where like maybe we can link to something absolutely. Um, Because the book was really impactful for me. You know, it did come from a Christian perspective, but it was this woman who had had a lot of things in her life and experienced some anxiety. And it was like your your passion is where your calling is where your passion and your life experiences meet. Yes, that was like wow. I think all of us can reflect back and say. I enjoy that. I'm good at that. Or this happened to me, and how can I leverage that to really live my best, fullest mm-hmm. life?
1: Well, speaking of amazing books, let's take a quick break mm-hmm. because then I hear Sarah needs to talk to me. We're going to collectively audience <laughs> about a book that she and Leah have read that I have not read. So All right. let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at the dot com on Instagram or Facebook at The Middle of Everything, and on Twitter at t m o e podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. Okay, we're back with Leah Harper from Pretty Mom Camp, and Claire and Sarah. And you guys are here to give a book report. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but this book that Sarah has been telling me about, we'll post a picture of it on
0: Insta. Mm-hmm. She's
1: She finally brought it into the podcast this morning, so I have homework. Leah helped me
0: remember to bring it because she is also an Enneagram person, and this is something that I've, like, I remember, like, in college reading about it because I have always been really interested in personality typing and just that kind of thing. I minored in psychology. I've taken every, like, Myers-Briggs disc, whatever test, um, both for work, or because I had to, or just because I'm interested. So anyway, I, and then several months ago, another podcast that I love called Selfie. They started talking about it because they're really into it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to pick that back up again. And, and Sarah
1: will just drop it into conversation. She'll be like, well, it's because I'm <laughs> this type or something. And it's just it's like you're speaking a language that I don't understand. So yes. I need to read it.
0: And then we will be. And I want to see if you're the type I think you are, too. Yeah. You you have gotta, to, like... So
1: you have to write it down mm-hmm. and, like, put it somewhere.
0: Okay. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you. We'll and then we're gonna, we'll do a big reveal. OK. Because I think <laughs> it's easy to. Because so much of it has to do with like your motivation behind what you do, it's sort of hard to diagnose, if you will, other yeah. people. But there were definitely ones that I would read through, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, so and so is that?" You so, know? Lisa, do
1: you know your yes. Enneagram? them Am I saying that right? Enneagram. 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 And so, Sarah, you've read
2: it most recently, so maybe you can like overview. But essentially, there's nine types, mm-hmm. and like Sarah said, it kind of just outlines your, like, being. I mean, Mm -hmm. your motivation, your tendencies Mm -hmm. uh, when you're very healthy and in a good place and also when you're kind of, like, in a Mm -hmm. weak, rough place. And so I'm a two, um, which is a helper. um, Very, um, I want to bring you your favorite coffee just because Mm -hmm. um, I want to – you know, help everybody else first to my deficit. And so I'm the person that raises my hand for every committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear I'm going to leave at five o'clock and I leave at 535. Um, but, you know, in the unhealthy space, I'm usually late everywhere because mm-hmm. I'm trying to do one more thing. Mm-hmm. And I, and it comes from a very selfless place. Like, oh, I owe that person that email. Or like I told my husband I would pick up that, like, whatever, jug of milk. Um, but when I realized I did that, my
0: gosh yeah it's 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 eye-opening too and the thing I remember too about the twos because I I am not a two but when I read about it I had someone in mind who I know that is a two and the thing the other thing that twos do in a bad place is you help everybody else but then you get mad if people don't help you and that's a thing like Mm -hmm. that's again it's sort of it tells you about your best self and helps you recognize your worst self and then you can sort of Adjust. It, it, you're just aware of, you know, sort of. Um, it, it makes you aware of what you're doing and maybe why you're doing it, yeah. so you can make some tweaks. I think twos are kind of the
2: classic. Like it's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's mm-hmm. fine. And it's that, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So, so with someone in your life,
1: like passive you find, aggressive a little. It can be
2: okay mm-hmm. because we sort of want people to know that we can handle it, or we mm-hmm. we want to be a caretaker.
0: Um, which but. totally comes across with your preemie mom camp site. You know, it's like, and we yeah. had talked about this a little before. So, you know, yeah. you had said, oh, I'm a two. Yeah. And I'm like, of course, that's why you made this website, because you want to help all these different people and you want to help other preemie moms. And, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. there's so your motivation. You, so I'm a three.
1: Okay, tell me what that is. Which
0: is, um, I think the short version of it is called The Performer, which means I will sort of adapt to whoever I'm with and I am, yeah, they, they kind of give you some outlines of like careers that are good and that's one. And I've always had a lot of different types of friends. Like if you got everyone I know together at a party, it is the weirdest mix of people (laughs) you will ever find. And I am, and I'm in it like with all those people, it's not fake. I'm, I just am like, Oh yeah, like, you know, this friend is like a super hippie. This friend is a super soccer mom. This friend is, a, you yeah. know, and I, and I am totally in it with every one of those people, but can come across kind of. Maybe at I don't these, know fake is, if that's the way, but well,
2: threes are good at self promotion too. Yeah, it's also helpful in sales.
0: Yeah, and the that I know. and podcasting. <laughs> and podcast and again and here you go. So I work in sales and I like having all these different guests because I I want to hear about yes. this different stuff. Oh my, you have and found your calling. You know friends. what I mean? But it was interesting because I because te- so there's a test you can take yeah. online, mm-hmm. which guides you towards but I read through all the types because I was testing high for two types and now I'm trying to remember I know the number but I don't so remember I the took name
2: a, of it I took the quiz a couple of months ago and really got in it saw myself in it made my husband take it mm-hmm. this totally makes sense too I need I to make it my helps you be a little more conscientious too like all personality mm-hmm. tests um, but this one just seemed so much more like the essence of the person and their mm-hmm. nature and not just like Oh, they're motivation motivated. Right. Some of the ones that can be a little more like workplace. Yeah. Um, but we ended up taking it at my new job, and oh. I tested higher for another number. It was a six. Okay. I still firmly believe of it too, but um, the six um, is very sensitive to change. And um, I mean, I just went through it was it was changing careers and changing jobs, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of change going on yeah. in my life. And so I think that some of those things. But yeah. uh, but I think I different think, points in your life, maybe some yeah. of those numbers mm-hmm. will fluctuate, but I do think you're always truly at something.
0: Yes. And that's what, so I tested high also for seven, which is the enthusiast, which the, the, <laughs> the essence of that I think is you're a really good ideas person, but you don't have the follow through, which is mm-hmm. also a common theme in my life. Like I can lead the committee, I can lead the group, but I don't always want to do like all the work behind it. But I think there's a little bit of a balance. And sometimes, so part of it is this sort of like star of lines. And so it's like if you're a three and you're on your bad days, you're more like a four and your good days, you're more like a seven. You know, there's different sort of crisscrossing. And then you can be, so I think I'm a three with a little bit of a four wing. So you can be sort of like one main thing, but with a little edge. So I read this book, The Road Back to You, which was recommended on Selfie. And then this is a good like sort of starter book. And then there's a second book that I also read that was like a deep dive that I think is the same one I read in college. That's way more detailed. Um, it's on my Kindle and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll look it up and link it. But
1: yeah, we'll post, we'll post links to these books that we're talking about. Yeah. And if anyone has already been through this and join and, us, and, yeah, <laughs> um, share it with us. Yeah, we we'll we post love it to, yeah, ask for we love to hear advice. from people who share our obsessions about things. And I, my commitment, um, is to read The Road Back to You and, yeah. I'll, and I'll get back to you. And you have to tell me if, um, you know, let us know what, if I, end up being where you thought yes. I was going to be. So. I think
0: for when I was reading, I could, I, my lifelong friends, I could tell what they were because I've watched patterns because, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you're in a certain place and that's not the way you are forever, but you're just that way. But friends that I've had for 20, 25, 30 years, I was like, oh yeah, totally. So we haven't known each other as long. And again, it's a lot of it is like sort of why you're doing Mm -hmm. things, not just what you look like you're doing, you know. And people
2: surprise you. My my brother's a musician and I thought he was going to be like a seven or Mm -hmm. a three, like either that Fun outgoing person, or the person that can be very self promotional because mm-hmm. um, he's out somewhere playing every night and mm-hmm. like working it. He's a two, we're both oh. twos, and it totally makes sense. I mean, I know him obviously, yeah, um, really well. But he's the kind of guy that'll buy like five concert tickets before he invites people because he just he wants to go and he wants to let other Share. people have a good mm-hmm. time and he wants to pick up the check at dinner. And mm. that's very two tendencies also. That's awesome. It is it's, it's <laughs>
0: it is a very fun um It's fun to kind of do that, but then also it it really has helped me just I I, self awareness. Makes me realize right when I'm doing things and I can kind of adjust if needed. And and sometimes I have to sort of refresh, like I'll check back in and reread my section or someone else's section and like okay this is this is kind of why maybe they're doing that or acting that way. So
1: Well, thank you Leah. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. Thanks Fun for being here. For it's Absolutely. been wonderful and we'll um we'll link up yep. to all to Premi Mom Camp um and to all of the social media places you can find Leah mm-hmm. um through our Instagram and Facebook. So, we'll do. Thank right. you. Thanks. Bye. See you soon, guys.
2: Why did the um f- football coach shake the vending machine? He wanted his quarterback.